turns out he's a major cinephile. They don't watch enough movies! It's a very simple formula! And here we go. What up, guys? Nick Knack goes to the movies. Episode 1, Podcast Land. We're doing it! Nick McGann here. Guys, I said to myself, I spend all my quarantine life watching movies, TV shows, tic-tac TikTok fame potentially useless now that the app is being canceled. I figured why not take my talents to podcast land. This is going to be a weekly movie TV show podcast. New episodes coming out every Friday. And I figured let's start it off with my two week binger. Start to finish, first time through 108 episodes, American Horror Story. Now, to give you a little context, I used to be absolutely terrified of even the thought of horror. Full-blown, close eyes, ears, movie theater, Halloween's coming, uh, any of those trailers. Hell no, did not want to be a part of it. Get that saw, get that conjuring, creepy nuns, any of that stuff. Get that out of here. Did not want any part of that it was so bad i remember as a kid parts of the caribbean came out and i even that the idea of some scary little zombie things no part of it was a disney movie yes did i eventually realize that's not at all scary yes but at the time terrifying absolutely terrifying and i remember it's because i want to say dawn of the dead day of the dead it was the 2004 zombie movie where they're in the mall and there's a scene that i think a friend showed me where there's a zombie and there's a blanket over her face and she like sits up and i think that moment i was like that was my like first foray into watching a movie that was scary and i was absolutely done with it years didn't go back to it i had a friend in college, shout out Evan Piak, who hooked me up with, he used to threaten me actually to leave Walking Dead on and I'd wake up to it as like a fun roommate prank. Watched an episode, it was I think the Herschel Farm season two episode where they let all the zombies out of the bar and I was like, oh, this isn't that bad. From then on, it was... I think in 2015, I tried a Scream movie, and from then, it's been a lovely journey into the slasher, horror, thriller, zombie genre. But I needed something new to watch, and I love the 80s slasher genre, so I figured AHS, American Horror Story, is the place to go to get that unnerving horror fix. So I did a nice two-week stint, just had vacation, figured needed a new show to get back into it, and... And this is where I decided to start American Horror Story. I knew absolutely nothing about the show except there was a creepy clown and something about Adam Levine getting an arm chopped off. And I should, I guess, said this before those things. But if you have not seen American Horror Story, I'm going to dive into all nine seasons. So, spoiler alert. Cool, now that's out of the way. What do I think of it? Well, I feel like I always heard how scary, how gross series was. Some guy was named Bloody Face, and I was thought, no, this isn't for me. There'll be one of those things that I'll never watch, way too scary. I do end up going into scary movie things thinking, wow, I love an actor. I gotta suck it up for that actor. I did The Mist purely because of Thomas Jane. I think that's probably one of the first examples, but I was like, okay, I like Evan Peters in all the X-Men movies. A lot 
lot of the Chanel's from the Scream Queen series by the creator of American Horror Story. And I think after I said, I mean, you guys may roast me for thinking that it was scary, but after seeing the two hits, I figured, well, what's the next level of scary I can do? So I figured a new 1984 had come out. I was going to watch just that and start there, but I figured if I'm going to do it, might as well go right in season one. And honestly, I loved it. I, you know, I didn't know how I'd think about the anthology series of it almost is like a mini series that has loose ties to other seasons some are you know greater than others but for the most part more subtle hints and i do love when things are connected blame dc marvel universes for making shared universe things much more of a present day reality that we're almost expecting it now but i loved it and you saw the the acting chops of having to play sometimes multiple characters in the same season not as much horror as you would be led to believe especially after the early seasons there's gore sure and unnerving things but i mean there were seasons i almost thought it was like heartwarming you know i'd be curious if you guys had similar reactions you know i'm not desensitized to the scares that's for for gosh darn sure but maybe you know you grow into the things and they're not as as scary and you kind of almost overhype it and it doesn't scare you as much but uh, let's dive in, as I did, to season one, the OG season. There were really, you know, true scares galore, you know, those two kids in the basement, and just seeing, like, the, the things in the jars, and the two kids getting pretty... I mean, you only saw one kid's... You didn't see either kid get attacked. You saw one kid, I think, with the jugular cut, and, you know, you saw something go after the other kid, and it was... I mean, between that start, I was like, ah, okay, there's some feeling it. You know, it's, it's there's some scares involved. And and when you look at the season as a whole, I mean, the, the school shooting scene was absolutely terrifying, and, and it's plausibility horror you know kind of made it such a, a scary thing and obviously going into this knowing that evan peters is is a part of it i was absolutely about his character and obviously making him such a, a character that you weren't sure what was going on and then the reveal that he is kind of the big bad i guess or one of the big bads of the season i live on imdb I'm sure other cinephiles such as yourselves do as well. But, I mean, just seeing some of the actors and actresses that you know from other things. Zach Quinto, Zachary Quinto, love him in Heroes. Nosferatu, you know, is okay. I like him, not necessarily as much as the show. Obviously, Kate Mara is great. My first exposure to her was from season one of House of Cards. She needs to be in more American Horror Story. That's for, for damn sure. She was so good at the kind of menacing figure that she played and i know not every actor actress is in multiple seasons but it's kind of surprising to me because she was so good i kind of have that thing with zach quinto too after only being in a few seasons i said the tate reveal phenomenal to kind of see where it developed i was kind of having scream three things with, with that reveal episode of the dead fist club i know that came out much much later that's a, a very recent show and seeing that group i was like dead fist club dead fist club and i wish they could have said it but i know that was years later and just kind of even getting me used to this notion where i think i would have been a miss if I started with season nine just to get the 80s horror kick of seeing the the ghosts live forever notion so you know a character dies and you still kind of see them exist throughout the world and kind of how you almost see the more growth of characters as they're dead and obviously those flashbacks do help as well I would say this is not one of the quote more happy endings it's kind of like they as a family realize they have a duty with 
uh, some of the other ghosts to keep people away from this house. I did love seeing, speaking of the Scream TV series, the, the Sheriff Acosta just at the end. I mean, you'd see him again in season five as uh, Richard Ramirez for... Um, in hotel the older version of him and also i think it said the whole thing of like i'd be curious to know how many people think there's actually like good people in any of american horror stories so it's almost like the moral is like everyone's a terrible person and get them ruin their lives in some capacity there's some good people but for the most part it seems like these characters are all terrible human beings also last little note as soon as i watched it i know we talked about thomas jane briefly i for sure thought the guy with the burned face was thomas jane i think it was a haircut reminded me of his expanse days i just i like thomas jane i think he's a good actor i love walking dead i like everything that's cast in it but man i wonder what could have been if he was Rick Grimes, which I think was one of those rumors that was milling around when uh, they were casting all the people for Walking Dead and they took a nice chunk from The Mist and put him into the TV show. All right, season true. The moment of truth for me was the thing I was waiting. I knew the Adam Levine arm cutting thing. I was like, oh, I, uh, how gross is going to be? But, you know, when you watch enough Halloweens and Screams and zombie movies and I mean heck Game of Thrones is pretty GD gory and you kind of realize oh it wasn't that bad he lost an arm it happens to the best of us so the mask I was like waiting for see how gross bloody face was like the mask thing it's like they're all that I was expecting like a almost a creature and the supernatural element really wasn't that it definitely wasn't in that scene, obviously. Jessica Lang was in season one as a mainstay. Sarah Paulson was kind of briefly in season one, but this was kind of in my mind the the coming out party for both of them. You know, I only I didn't really know of Jessica Lang before this. I, I only really knew about Sarah Paulson from the very good American Crime Story season one, the O.J. Simpson trial. Looking back, I mean, this is one of the most messed up seasons with just some of the things they put people through with a lot of the the torture scenes with. I mean, the Nazi doctor parts kind of tie into the torture scene, seeing when you eventually do get the reveal of Zachary Quinto as the OG bloody face, and, like, it was, like, the skin lamp thing. That was sort of the, like, ugh, giving me some uh, Hannibal Lecter vibes. I mean, the, the abortion with the coat hanger. I don't love anything to do with, like possession-y demon stuff like i'm never gonna watch things like exorcist this was brief enough where like i noticed it and who knows maybe i'd be fine with it but seeing that devil side of the story was that was something <laughs> as i said more zachary quinto absolutely great uh he is just great at playing these like creepy scary serial killery characters i mean that was siler and heroes for a good chunk of it you know when he was going around rearranging taking out people's brains and now in this case he's just like taking people's skin for odds and ends housing appliances the one thing that was a little weird the alien plot i get that that was sort of our foray into something to do with kit who was the evan peters character in season two there was a lot of different plots going on in season two i mean i loved the the devil plot i loved the seeing the angel at times so kind of you know it felt like okay there were messed up place good and bad and that kind of made sense the alien part seemed a little thrown in there i don't think it was such a big part that it would distract you it was kind of just it almost felt like it added on that i didn't need gotta say best scene though i was 
absolutely like this is a great show for me like i know i picked right when i saw that dance scene the banana fan of fofana uh song by jessica lang amazing fun fact the original lyrics do i'm pretty sure like 98 percent sure does have nick nick bobic banana fan of fofic as part of the lyrics so pretty exciting to see that song they did not use that in the show i will say the part at the the end where you see lana killer son bloody face jr on the tv show for me was one of those great moments where you kind of saw him uh who's played by i believe dylan mcdermott who is the the father in season one and she kind of disarms him because you see him later with his mother uh figure mother abandonment issues and she kind of uses that to disarm him and like with no remorse kills him and you know we do get to see lana winners a few other times in the show i mean what a what a great like turnaround mess you up moment and almost was like part of that that scene almost felt replicated a few seasons later but just seeing that good old vigilante justice which felt like that comes a a clear part of the trend of the show i mean she's probably one of my more favorite recurring characters that is not a part of the coven storyline speaking of the coven storyline i think after feeling pretty comfortable with these two, you know, I kind of thought I had a idea of almost a formula of the show. I gotta say, the start of the show, some of the goriest things, like, just in the beginning, in the past, uh, weirdest, grossest parts for me of the first, you know, of the my time watching the show so far. I mean, I will say it was weird seeing Evan Peters, A, be very much sidelined, B, in a frat, and... Like, it worked. I just, like, you just didn't... Evan Peters doesn't seem like a frat guy. And I guess because he's the one who we say is the good guy in the frat, that that kind of is part of it. I will say, I love... I mean, I like dark things. Like, that's kind of the genre, like, the messed up stuff. And seeing the revenge scenes against the the brutal like terrible frat guys phenomenal with emma roberts character flipping over the bus of i mean yeah we you lose evan peter's character but i appreciated that and then even seeing i forget the the there was the daughter in season one who's one of the coven witches and scene there's kind of your introduction into the the world of of the of the witches where she you know fucks the guy to death i mean phenomenal i just it's just so messed up and i was all about that that like few things of like revenge stories which is revenge stories are a pretty big part of the horror genre so i also love seeing queenie from empire with the the human voodoo doll power phenomenal i mean especially i mean obviously you get a, a feel for it but when you see her at the the salon and the guy from that one company who's trying to hunt down the witches is, is, is taking everyone out. And she's like the, the reason he doesn't because of her voodoo powers. I mean, phenomenal. And I know people say, oh, it's like the edgy Harry Potter school scene. And like they may say that in a negative way. I think that is an absolute positive way. I think it was a really a cool setting. Having the, the voodoo tie in just as magic as a whole. And I will say quick little divergent part a little musical number i mean ignore that the bad rendition phenomenal like little musical hit but speaking of the voodoo stuff seeing lance reddick uh as papa Legbun, you do see him a little bit uh in another season the voice he does for it so good phenomenal casting as a fan of scream queens prior to this show seeing chanel oberlin you know emma roberts as kind of a a similar role of the the mean girl she wasn't the same character but seeing her in in almost a, a more serious setting even though i think 
Coven's a little lighthearted compared to the previous two seasons for sure. Really interesting to see that, almost jarring a little bit. Not in a bad way, but a little jarring to see that in a, a serious setting. All right, season four. So if I knew one other thing about American Horror Story before starting and delving into it, it was that there was a scary clown with a weird teeth, mouth, face thing. Um, and I believe season four does, that's one of the first things you see is, is Twisty the Clown messing up some guy and abducting a girl and am i like do i have a clown phobia no i have three phobias and clowns not one of them and most two of them are irrational but it doesn't mean i love seeing creepy clowns i I was a little nervous to to go into season four i didn't know if i was going to enjoy it as much i didn't really know what to expect but uh i mean seeing sarah paulson have to play two twin conjoined sisters i mean the acting chops on that phenomenal and and seeing that evan peters took a bit to the the sideline for season three I, i'd obviously enjoyed seeing him more in the forefront really have grown to appreciate evan peters acting chops as we as we've gone through the the seasons of american horror story obviously i didn't know it at the time but you know you kind of figured the you know the power three sarah Paulson or Peters, Jessica Lang are kind of the the big three that were going to be the American Horror Story staple, and it was kind of weird seeing the almost the end of the Jessica Lang era with the show with this. And I kind of like how maybe unintentionally how her storyline does eventually end. How it almost feels like a riding off not into the sunset into a variant of the afterlife, which. AHS is quite known for but it does kind of feel like it's almost a swan song for her she really got a chance to do a lot of of lovely singing which was great first real character crossover from season two uh seeing uh the character pepper from asylum in in here and seeing her at a previous time in her life and it almost made you see more growth and and the the deeper storyline with her character because you you see her in asylum not that she's a, a main character by by anything but you know, especially those those flashback episodes where you see her pre the carnival, post the carnival, and then of course how she ends up at asylum, and and it's such a a beautiful arc that you kind of get a full scope of. I mean, I know she is one of the characters that in asylum gets indoctrinated by the the aliens, and and she develops a different sense of sentience, however you want to describe what happens to her. But I did love the the full story it, it, four was weirdly heartwarming and i mean it does have one of the scariest characters in twisty the clown and and the redemption arc even there is, is so good you know you kind of see how how his life fell apart and how he became where he was i mean it, it goes to show the the scary clown thing has you know there, there's this notion that clowns used to be this jovial profession and now it's kind of a scary um ah they're they're either like creepy or they're terrifying and there's no like just a a nice good old happy-go-lucky non-threatening clown anymore and obviously the the interesting transition that they went for was twisty is not all that he's bad but you know there's a reason and dandy mott who is the the spoiled rich guy kind of takes over and becomes more messed up because he's like a terrible person did i i mean the twist is good I, i see what they're doing with it and, and, you know, another, like, you know, shooting scene where he goes and shoots up everyone at the carnival. It's scary. And he's, like, a scary character. But you almost wish there was more of a full-season Twisty the Clown arc. Um, because that character was so good, especially with the development. Also, strange shout-out to Neil Patrick Harris. I think he was in there for maybe two, three episodes. I, I, do I love Neil Patrick Harris? Absolutely. Was his character kind of weird? 
absolutely it's kind of like there's a batman villain i think it's the the puppet's scarface maybe and like the puppet controls him and this kind of reminded me of that a little bit yeah i mean it almost felt like neil patrick was there to like mix some stuff up and kill off emma roberts with a very gruesome uh saw in the box not magic trick scene pre the freak show shooting out scene and just like other seasons this is absolutely one of those good old vigilante justice scenes where the few characters that make it out alive do end up finding a way to kill and watch the show of of killing of dandy mod not a bad season and weirdly probably the most heartwarming one up to that point but interesting and it was the first time they did add a a different hint to the the theme song to try to make things match up a little bit with the theme they were going with season five gaga season man hell yes Uh, obviously i'm sure everyone knows lady gaga acting chops from stars born right darling film that came out that everyone loves music it's a big thing i'm sure we could do a whole season of the show just talking about a star is born how much people love it so probably the most messed up scene in in new girl uh, (laughs) new girl uh, in american horror story with new girls own max greenfield with the the demon character that kind of gets explained with the uh, like a drill bit dildo scene i mean it's it's messed up it's a messed up i mean and i i don't know if i fully grasped what was happening when i first saw it but man is it the most messed up thing that probably happens in american horror story i don't know there's so many it's like playing a game oh the 10 most messed up things that happen in american horror story but this has got to be up there i think seeing the guy uh the baddie um well the main character who becomes the baddie spoiler alert uh from ghost rider uh the guy who sent a crane west bentley was a bit of a surprise you know you're kind of used to seeing a cast of characters that you're used to as the main characters i mean look he's great as seneca crane and ghost rider is <laughs> look i own it on dvd is it a good movie no um is it one of nicholas cage's like two best movies no does west bentley have some brutal dialogue yes um i do think seneca crane he's great so um, I, I, I live on IMDb when I watch the show, trying to figure out, I recognize that voice, that, you know, look, who is this guy? And I'm like, oh, it's a guy who's like, we are many. <laughs> it's, it's, Ghost Rider's a rough movie. Don't, probably don't watch it. All right, so, for being one of the most gory scenes, I guess, like, I mean, I, did I marathon through these and maybe not process everything that happened? Yeah, and, like, there's some gore and, like, things happen, but it kind of felt like, you know, ever since season two, everything is a little... A little lighter, a little more fun, which is like, it's nothing wrong with it. I mean, look, vampires, different. I mean, you got to mix up. It can, you know, everything can't be ghosts. You have to change your, your supernatural characters. And maybe vampires was a little weird touch. But I mean, every time that I saw Lady Gaga, it didn't really matter what she was doing. I'm just, yes, 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 queen. Um, <laughs> the vampire school scene where, uh, you know, they save the one kid who has smallpox i i don't really remember they had some disease and uh they save him and then he goes and vampires up the rest of the school and it's pretty gruesome and like there's a little kid gang that happens you know there's just more messed up things all about it especially kind of seeing how that group ends up getting wrecked i mean american horror stories at its best when everything's messed up and terrifying and just like you kind of question the people who wrote it like wow this is kind of messed up 
for me more 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 that's what makes this show so good for me i, I like my dark and depressing shows it's is, is what it is kind of seeing them go back to the you know the ghost purgatory type thing uh that kind of had been missing always good because you really get to build with the characters even if they are are gone from the living world pretty early i will say i was a little bit annoyed with the lack of evan peters but when he does finally show up i thought his he it was like the over the top acting style of the, the 1920s airship guy phenomenal i his character was was he the most evil character that's ever been on the show no but he was he was up there like you could tell his whole hotel is built as like a terrible people's place so even though you didn't get the full evan peters treatment you did get a nice chunk of evan peters so i i appreciated what he was there i kind of i'm sure this was intentional i mean our american horror story is always taking cues from things be it real life events or from you know the genre some inspiration and this is kind of the the seven feel you know they went with the uh the 10 deadly sins or something along those lines and seeing the the seven feel was fun i mean you know even from the beginning scene you know that is a, a reference to something that does happen in seven at um probably halfway through the movie with the the dildo that is like a weaponized dildo or something along those lines I know I did like the the twist. American Horror Story always loves to have the twist. You don't know what's going to happen next. And seeing Wes as kind of the bad guy once again. And seeing that he's the guy committing all the crimes. I will say, did I love the killer dinner scene? Yes, absolutely. They did, however, two two things that... Two characters, specifically uh, Ramirez and Zodiac Killer, that you kind of... You see and you kind of question some, some plot holes, potentially. But I guess that's one of the interesting things that... You don't notice at the time, but as you know, you watch other seasons, you wonder if they're selling. But you know, with at least one more season happening and potentially three more seasons renewed, they they definitely have time to address things if needed. Season six, Roanoke. This was probably a season I had absolutely no clue about anything. I, I knew, oh, Gaga, Clown, Asylum. You kind of have an idea. Roanoke. What what is Roanoke about? Is it something with colonially people, and that's probably the extent of my knowledge. This is probably the first time I watched the season and didn't really get it to start you know it was a, a different storytelling style of you know a, a reality show story um it, it was kind of explained in in writing obviously you know they, they always have in the beginning of the episodes this season a uh, based on true events kind of warning as if you're watching a true crime story so it was weird it was kind of a the, the story within a story oddity that they were going with and for me i think the gross thing in the show was the like very visible disembowelment scenes i thought those were brutal you know and some of the goriest things except for the season three madame delphine la laurie beginning scenes where the disembowelment scenes were very visceral and visible and not necessarily about it don't get me wrong i love me some cuba gooding jr scenes uh especially after his phenomenal portrayal of oj simpson for the fx version of that not the espn one I just didn't get the style of filming, the storytelling, and the other parts of the of the first half. I just, it was fine. I just, I didn't get it. I'll be curious because, you know, I think for me, watching uh, something in the horror, thriller, slasher genre, 
especially where there's like a bad guy and you kind of learn it when you rewatch it the second time is like almost as important as the first because you kind of know it's going to happen and you can see kind of if you can catch the any subtle hints of the things happening now that you know more about how the end game results in this but we'll see i'll be curious to see how watch through two eventually goes with this i think also there were just so many evil factions to keep track of between the villagers and the crazy redneck family i don't even remember i know lady gaga was supposed to be in this and there was a quick cameo coven reference i i she was there i missed it completely who who knows how i don't know i i this was a weird watch for me this season but i said you know what i'm on season six and i know i'm supposed to be very excited for season eight i cannot wait for season nine and i'm absolutely curious about season seven you know living in the the time that we are living so i said power through make it through and let's see what happens get through the second half and we'll get on to the better season but man seeing the the context of the TV production behind the scenes stuff, you know, that is my industry. And I always love that kind of seeing that side of things in film. The is Scream 3 kind of the weirder of the Scream movies? Yes, but I always enjoy the the sound stage show within the show things. You know, I always love that stuff. Ergo, Dead Set, or uh, the recent, pretty much the exact same thing that Netflix just put out. I want to say it's brazilian tv show I'm, I'm the name is eluding me but in essence it's dead set plus more things that happen after the end of the original uh uk version of dead set so you know just kind of like seeing the like ghost story behind the scenes things seeing the news coverage of it oh man it was just like fun and different and weird and i was absolutely in it and you know, seeing the little subtle hints of, wow, something's wrong. No one's going to leave. Well, the one lady left and it did not work out for her very well. With the, the subtle nod to the piggy man from season one who was seemed a, a, probably a little random. You know, all the, they had to, you know, have some people for Ben Harmon to see, you know, therapy patients. Um, it was kind of a, even, I mean, look, everything's a reference, right? The, the piggy man is clearly a reference to, uh, the Candyman, look in the mirror, say the name a few times thing. And obviously, Evan Peters was kind of in the first half and seeing him as one of the few actors who came back uh, to the house that, you know, wasn't one of the main three people. Uh, absolutely fun. Uh, I just, I like Evan Peters in this show. There's nothing that, you know, I will say. I, it's just, it's just a fact. But just waiting, you know, you're seeing all the setup and just waiting for things to go wrong. Um, but yeah, my brief Evan Peters fix is satiated out in the second half. And I just seeing the, the true fun horror story reality TV stuff. They have a, a ghost show reference. Obviously, the, you know, the, the people questioning if she uh, killed her brother. And then, you know, kind of seeing the two sets of actors. Like it, was like a, it was like a fun reality horror show in the second half. And I don't know if I would have appreciated it as much, obviously, without the first half, but it just was such a different style of storytelling in the first half that I wasn't used to. I will say, I get it, but did not need to see the part two of another disembowelment up close scene. I mean, the the scene and how every, just nothing works out for anyone. And I mean, even that part where they like spike the people alive and burn them, like, wow, this stuff is messed up. Um, it was just a lot. Did I obviously appreciate another Lana Winters hit? Absolutely. But I mean, the, the, the big thing of this is, you know, 
there were just a lot of floating elements happening. I'll be so curious what a, a watch through of this the second time will do if I'll have a, a different opinion, especially knowing what the second half's fun brings to it. All right, season seven. First off, I was pissed. I was pissed because I saw Twisty again and I said, no, <laughs> this the, the arc was so good. Why, why is he, is he bad again? I, I didn't like it at all. Thankfully, it was one of those, you know, reference to him in, in fiction things. And, you know, it's always the fun of, well, what seasons are connected to what seasons and what things are in what world, be it the real world or the fiction world, who knows? But yeah, did, did not love the, the twisty reference to start. Thankfully, they left his story alone and it was just a comic book, seemingly. That's what I'll go with. Because this was... The, the one season without any supernatural horror elements. And, I mean, you probably can be like, that's fine, because the season was scary enough without anything extra. I mean, with the political climate existing, and just, you know, I think watching it when you're in this, this divisive climate with being close to the election, you know, it's, I'm sure it was the same thing when it came out, watching it right after the uh, 2016 election, which watching it, being really close to the 2020 election, I mean, it, it brings horror to the real world, you know, which has to make it one of the scarier things yet in the same vein of why the school shooting um, and even the uh, the circus shooting are, are terrifying scenes because, I mean, look, I, I didn't say this in the first one, but <laughs> there is this joke about how in the circus scene, the fact that he has the magical gun that he never has to really reload is a wild thing, but divergent but in the same way that you probably would watch halloween and think that's scarier than friday the 13th because how often are you going to some camp you know and let's be real how often you go into the camp that you've had eight nine stories of mass murder you know what idiots gonna be like yeah we'll open up uh camp crystal lake maybe we'll rename it something differently but Oh yeah, I remember when they died and they died and they died and they died and they died. But like, we'll be fine. That that was all a joke or a scary story. You know, come on. Where in Halloween, you know, there are scenes that are in the real world. You know, and and there's you know one, you know, I mean, look, there's the New York thing. Um, there's the Friday the Thirteenth, Jason goes to hell where, you know, they take place outside of the camp. So there are a few like that. And obviously in the start of the second movie, which is your first real experience at Jason Voorhees, as you're used to, where he clearly goes to someone's house. But Halloween's all that. And I'm sure that's why people would say, let's watch a scary movie. They would probably go to Halloween, the earlier ones, uh, as opposed to any Friday the 13th, even though I love them both. But Billy Eichner phenomenal not the most important character in the season but gosh is he an amazing part of the show i every time he's in it absolutely phenomenal i don't know if it's just you just don't know what to expect when you see certain people come in i mean i i don't know necessarily his full acting career you're so used to his you know on the street interview uh show that it's weird seeing him in an acting role but i I mean, look, I just watched it. Oh, that's fun. It's Billy Eichner. Phenomenal. And also great to introduce another Scream Queen alum in Chanel number no. three and in Billy Lord. So this was kind of a, not that Billy Eichner is a, is a staple of AHS, but I, I would say Billy Lord is, is definitely becoming that kind of the newer group 
of of AHS uh, big players, you know, with Emma Roberts as well. I guess it just kept you. The season just kept you guessing, you know, of, you know what was going to happen and just how messed up things could be. Evan Peters is probably at his most messed up since season one as Tate uh, in his, you know, Kai character, the the blue-haired, ponytailed guy who has a, a gang of, of killer clowns doing all sorts of misdeeds. Just the, the psychological horror, the strange, you know, finding a way to rile up two different political sides to get riled up and bring, and his rise to power, is it, you know, very local? Yes. It's just, it's so messed up. And in the best kind of, you know, American Horror Story way, I, I will say, obviously, I enjoyed the end. Another, like, news-style vigilante justice killing. I expected Lana Winters to be in this season. They mention her, but she's definitely not in it. it, it this was such a, just a good, isolated, you know, not really related to a lot of other seasons, messed up season. I will say this is one of the two times where that confusion from season five is brought up because there's a question of who the Zodiac Killer is, and obviously we do not know, and this season brings some questions of if it's uh, Lena Dunham's uh, one episode arc, if if, if she is a serial uh, killer, the Zodiac Killer, and we just don't know. And gosh, it was just such a messed up season, and was it a little weird sometimes seeing the the one uh, wife and the, the two lady couple was a part of it and then when her wife joins it almost felt a little like unrealistic and like it was fine i just that's probably the only thing i was like you almost were a little questioning it the reality of if this is is feasible but but it was fun it was a a messed up fun season that didn't need the supernatural elements to be that that scary all right apocalypse season eight the one that everyone talks about as the the big coming together of everything so obviously get out of the way more Billy Eichner, always a good time. Is he in it very briefly in the beginning? Yes, and we see him later on. Always good time. I, I kind of like the the apocalypse setting. You know, I, I wasn't really sure where they were going to go with it long term. You're kind of not really knowing what was coming. That, you know, how are they going to use this for a whole season, especially when they pretty quickly killed everyone off. But when that Coven musical theme hit and seeing, you know, the witches come back from season three, I was like, hell yes let's go um i was all about it i you were obviously a little confused when you saw certain people you thought were dead back they did spend a fair amount of time in this season in the past i think you know maybe three episodes in they did the jump back i mean this was the the end game variant uh season of ahs with tons of characters from different season the best characters of season three a fun trip back to the house of season one and the characters in the house in season one i mean it's the first time you see the husband again obviously his uh actor has been in a few seasons uh the wife i think has only actually been in that one season and as that character only in a in apocalypse again but you kind of get to finally see that you know after the the ultrasound pass out of this messed up child growing up inside her, you finally get to see you know who this baby is and then you you see you know lo and behold antichrist i don't you know i don't know if the, anyone knew just how important coven was going to be obviously there was a, a queenie reference in season five of of hotel and and just kind of building on the lore of the coven world with a whole different school of warlocks and we get bd wong who is is just generally good in in everything he is in be it you know his brief you know jurassic world thing to obviously mr robot 
I, you know, you just enjoy seeing an actor that you know already as one of the, the members of the Warlock school. And I love Connected Seasons, and, and obviously other ones were, you know, more sparse connections or references, but, you know, bringing Billy together with Emma Roberts and together in the Coven School, so you're kind of like the Chanel's are back in the Coven School world, just fun, just a fun season. And, and you know, the, the build up to this, this epic conclusion that you kind of see the end, you build up to it, and then you finally see how it actually ends. Also... Gotta throw it out there. Shout out to the two Silicon Valley nerds played by Billy Eichner and Evan Peters. Were, was it random? Yes. Did I love the strangeness of them playing uh, these two characters? Absolutely. And obviously the subtle Evan Peters nod of trying to be present not working out was a great reference to cult season. Just fun. And and the, the stakes were so high. And it was it was Coven Part 2 and some other just crazy things going on. Phenomenal. So Season 9, speaking of fun, the whole reason I decided to watch American Horror Story. Obviously, I said I considered just starting with Season 9, 1984, because of my the 80s slasher fan in me. Uh, it's my ish. And, you know, I got to get it. Obviously, you know, we've had it already in Season 8. Season 9, you know, more Scream Queen reunions gotta say always love it this was one of those the weird season that didn't have jessica lang sarah paulson evan peters you kind of felt it you know evan peters we saw him in as a, a frat guy for a little bit in season three i don't really know who he he could have been in this season you know maybe could have been you know a, another counselor selling but you know I, I don't know i don't know who he could have been but i definitely could have seen sarah paulson as as margaret booth the the counselor who spoiler alert was the i mean look there were a lot of killers but she was definitely one of the killers so i would have been curious to see sarah paulson play that role but it was fine i just like i you could have seen her in that matthew morrison you know glee mainstay as a bdb big dick boy hilarious uh phenomenal mustache and it was i mean all the all the counselors kind of had the you know just the fun vibes right the it wasn't exactly like a breakfast club social stereotype groups and and they all were messed up in some way i don't know if, if matthew morrison's character was at, like everyone had something bad in their past i don't know if he had anything super bad but i guess his end story you know with margaret booth maybe had a little bit in there best theme of the main themes by far obviously the coven musical hit is good but easily the best musical variant of the theme the intro was great it was just so synthy and 80s it was phenomenal i could that if i was to have one of these songs as like a ringtone or something one of these themes it would easily be that one plot twists were great they you know almost doubled down who's the killer who's the killer oh that's the killer and it took a while to figure who the actual killer was um you know oh it's oh it's mr jingles oh it's margaret booth oh it's actually the ghost whispering of Mr. Jenko's mom into Margaret Booth's ear to make her the killer. She never really gets her her due justice, but, I mean, I guess you lose a kid. That's fine. We can make the bad person Margaret Booth, and maybe she was bad before. Who knows? Just the 80s genre was so good, though. Obviously, they the, the season harkened back to the whole ghost purgatory type thing, which... You were missing for at least a season or two. I mean, yeah, you had it briefly back in eight, just going to Murder House. But as in the full season kind of ghost purgatory scene was fun to have back. And just all the dance seasons, man. 
phenomenally fun with the the jazzercise scenes it was a little weird coming from you know the high stakes of the world ending apocalypse to kind of this self-contained summer camp hoo-ha thing going on but it just you know i can only say it so much it was just fun fun season that's for for damn sure so that's it folks nine seasons done but we're not done yet because let's talk about the future of American Horror Story. You know, when you look at the casting list, good news. The big ones, Sarah Paulson, Evan Peters are back. No word on, on Jessica Lang, And no Emma Roberts, which is a little strange because you kind of used to her being the staple of the newer generation of AHS uh, alums. But it's always good to mix in some people and come back. Um, but a lot of the staple actors and actresses are back. Uh, there's always going to be, you know, a few oddball choices to new faces to the genre and Macaulay Culkin definitely feels like it comes out of nowhere uh obviously home alone guy a uh, kid you, you you know I I I I honestly can't name another thing he's in there's rumors of a of a very interesting sex scene with him and Sarah Paulson so you'll just be curious well we don't really know the setting yet um I think there is something with water you know I mean heck maybe it could be a like an island Thing, like a and then there were none or harper's island something like that i mean i don't really know if that's a a genre that's enough or a, a saying that's enough for american horror story but that's kind of the only thoughts i have from seeing i think brief artwork we'll see if it's one more season obviously COVID has really challenged the production landscape has every you know element of of the world these days but i will be curious if they you know what other directions there go there is obviously rumors of another coven season or coven related season which obviously we can always appreciate but nine seasons done having watched them in a rapid succession in a short amount of time not trying to to speed through anything but having a i think a fair grasp on it here is what i would consider the rankings of all the seasons from worst to best as you can probably imagine number nine for me is roanoke look the story structure is weird it it picked it up in the second i didn't really know what to do past that freak show is for me number eight because as much as i enjoyed twisty i just don't know if the the dandy villain swap out for me was the thing to do it and i you know it just was some strange story stuff with neil patrick harris barely being in there i just didn't necessarily get it although i did love seeing the final full season of of jessica lang so i had a bit of a tough one with picking between hotel and colt and and part of me initially was like well between freak show and hotel you know what was i gonna pick because they kind of had, for me, that, you know, the feel-good versions of American Horror Story a little bit. So I went with Hotel at 7 and Colt at 6, and I chose this because Hotel is, you know, it's feel-goody, a little more feel-goody than Freak Show. Obviously, I like Lady Gaga, and I did enjoy the brief Evan Peters role a lot, but I think Colt is just so scary and realistic-ish you know, compared to other seasons of American Horror Story that you kind of have to put it up above Hotel. So I got Hotel 7, Colt 6. Colt, definitely, you know, scary and good. And then, you know, our our first experience with Billy. But I will say good, but that kind of is the... I have tiers, I guess, right? Tier 1, Tier 2, and 
I think Cult, Hotel, Freak Show, and Roanoke are Tier 2, where 1 to 5, I kind of consider that Tier 1 group. So, another tough one. I think 1 and 2 for me are, like, solid, wouldn't change. 3, 4, and 5, it's tough because you almost have Coven Season 1 and Coven Season 2. So, I said, Coven is great. Love the setting, love the witches and everything like that. And I left Coven at 5. I love 1984. I, I wasn't going to put both Coven seasons above that. So I kept 1984 at 4 because, look, 80 Slasher is my stuff. Am I biased? Absolutely. But that's it's it's my personal rankings. You can disagree or agree. And I'd love to hear your feedback after I put out this episode and this list. I'll put the list separate up on Twitter so you can really see it and compare and contrast. But I ended up putting Apocalypse 3. And I know that's a, a not necessarily everyone's favorite opinion because I don't think everyone loves the first few episodes of Apocalypse and really, we're here for Coven Part 2. And yes, do I like Apocalypse purely sometimes based on the Coven characters that were developed and introduced in Season 3? Of course. Of course that's going to be the case. But I, the stakes are higher. There's more of the world developed. I obviously appreciate the you know Warlock School elements and seeing the Antichrist storyline and how that weaves its way into both uh, the, school, the Wizarding Schools. So I had so I went Apocalypse three, and I'm sure the the one and two are I can't imagine there's a whole lot of complaints or this is probably the coldest take in the world, but you gotta in my mind go Asylum two, Murder House one, Murder House the OG season the by far the scary season both these are probably the two outright horror show seasons as opposed to more gore and ambiance scares Asylum things are so messed up. You know, you're barely in the modern day story. I think you're in it the right amount. I like that dance scene is so good and it's I love. You know, the the alien thing for me is really what put two behind one because I love the devil's angel dichotomy. I love the messed up setting in the asylum, the the creepy science experiment stuff, but obviously you gotta go season one for Murder House just because it it obviously defined the season there's so many trends from Murder House were be a part of American Horror Story after the fact. And you just kind of builds on itself. And it just does so good. I mean, is it weird that Sarah Paulson's barely in it? Yeah, I mean, I'd say that's the only sad thing in Murder House. But she does, obviously, as anyone can tell, she's in every season but one, get her chance to shine and, and develop as the main, one of the two mainstays of American Horror Story. But all right, guys, that is one season, one episode in the books covering nine seasons of American Horror Story. We did it. One episode. Check that out, guys. Check that off the box. But you know what you guys can also do is check me out on my personal and on the show's social media channels we're on twitter instagram facebook youtube be it me be it the show there'll be lots of fun multimedia content to check out and some we'll do some ranking lists we'll do some recaps we'll do just a bunch of other things to keep you keep you entertained satiate your palate until the next episode and we will be putting out new episodes full-on podcast episodes every Friday. So make sure to check that out. We will eventually figure out a time to post these, but I'm new to the podcast game. I don't know what time I'm going to post this one yet, but we'll get there. We'll get you guys covered with all of your movie, TV show, and just fun old entertainment news. 
This is your one-stop shop for all that. Peace! Are you not entertained? I think this is going to be the beginning of a beautiful friendship. I don't like goodbyes. Let's just call this, see you later, alligator.